best. Then it ended with a dead wife gag. <laughs> oh, those are the best. Oh. Yeah, don't watch Married. <sighs> the best. It just, it didn't, the, the previews never looked that funny. So you, so you just, you've seen like commercials for it. You haven't actually seen it. Yeah, it just seems really okay. awful. No, it's, it, I, I, they, uh, Apple TV just put uh, an FX Now uh, uh-huh. app on, on the Apple TV. So I checked it out and all the shows that I'd actually want to watch on FX, such as um, Fargo and Archer, even though I can watch Archer other ways. And uh, there was one more I think I wanted to do. Um, Sons of Anarchy. Maybe that was it. Nah, no, Sons of Anarchy isn't even on the app. Well, no, it's on FX, it's not FXX. Oh, well, no, because this, uh, this has Justified on oh, it. Oh, okay. So, which, and I believe Justified is not available. Nope, Justified isn't available either. So basically, like, I'll, so I was just like flipping around when you said like it was gonna be a little later, and I was like, "Oh, what's this? Married? Okay, there's actual episodes. Oh, that guy from The Daily Show and uh, Cheryl Tunn's voice actress are on here. I'll give it a whirl." So I watched the pilot. Um, I'm not saying it made me want to commit suicide. But I'm not not saying that either. Do you want to get married? I want to get married to a better person than is on the show. I know that much. That shouldn't be too hard. Yeah. It's 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 just... It's overly cynical and yet incredibly cliche. It's like, hey, you know what's hot right now for the ladies? Vampires. They're so attractive to them. Yeah. It's it is it's not great. Yeah, they showed that gag on the um, commercial. Wasn't that funny? Which gag? Which gag was it? Uh, where he was in the vampire and he said, "Aren't vampires sexy?" She was like, um, "Not this vampire." Yeah, yeah. That's that basically sums up the show. Yeah, I mean, it summed it up for me when I think he uttered the words. Um, he said, uh, she said, well, how about we have a quickie? And he said, we had a quickie last week. She said, oh, that was a quickie that lasted a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there is a, a, a hot Spanish lady in the first episode, but. Eh. Eh. Unless she's getting naked, I don't really care. She did not. Hey, she... bro, you getting naked. No, is the answer. No. No, no, that my, my pimp will not let me do that. And did you uh, did you ask Dean Ambrose if she got naked? <laughs> Why would I ask Team Ambrose? Oh, nope. oh nope. nope, nope, nope. Oh, but so much to talk about today. We might not get through every topic. When do we ever well, get through? We every can topic? just skip all things soccer. I'll be just fine today. Okay. Well, hey, let's do that on the All New Sports Show, the podcast, episode twenty-two. Let's skip all the soccer. This podcast should be about twenty minutes. Uh, of course, we're not actually going to do that, uh, as I am Edward Green, as always, joined by Wes Bradshaw, who is currently not not just mourning today's unfortunate loss to FC Basel, but of course, coming off a disheartening draw on Derby Weekend to Everton, which, of course, we will recap in length, in detail, minute by minute, how it happened. And and to top it off, I haven't even told you this yet. 
of course, you know, we get to go this Friday for our high school football game of the week. We get to go to Southern Nash. Yeah. Which, as you know, is my most hated trip ever. Correct? Correct. And I got my schedule today for nine, 10 year old fall baseball. Guess where I get to go on Tuesday of next week? Bailey. Southern Nash. Yay. <sighs> Two trips in about a five day span. I literally may kill myself. Well, luckily for you, we don't have to go there. Loses, it's over. Yeah, we uh, we will have to see Southern Nash again, but that will be at Northern, not Southern. That's that's very livable. That's a much easier drive for all of us. Uh, so that is things that do not concern this podcast, because you know why would we talk about local crap on the podcast? Uh, there's no need for that. But we will talk a little later about our local hero. One of, one of our Lord and Saviors, part of a holy trinity, dare I say. Jeff Craddock? He's part of that trinity. He came from Jeff Craddock. We're going to talk a little Todd Gurley and how he's just amazing. Close, Close enough. He must be the Holy Ghost. What, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, um, when, when Craddock's time at Tarboro is eventually done, Gurley will just come back and he'll like take his beard from him and it will become part of Todd and that's how we know his powers will have transferred over God he could probably just win the Heisman again even when he's been out of college for 15 years you know what I wouldn't put it past him hey and by the way did you see uh, Todd McShay had his new list of top 32 players that will be eligible for the draft this year Todd Gurley number 8 not bad not bad not bad hey hey and if he uh if he steals something and uh, stands on the uh, some lunch tables in the quad and hurls racial insults at people, maybe he'll even leap Jemias Winston. Ooh, we can get up to number one with that. Hey, maybe. Hey, hey, that's the only thing missing from his arsenal right now. He's a character. Uh, speaking of Arsenal, we'll also talk about a big day for them, unfortunately. And Danny Welbeck, he was worth every pound they paid for him. Arsenal finally broke the bank for somebody, and it's paying off in, let's say, spades. Yeah, uh, still need a midfielder. Oh, yeah, they do. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about so Champions League. Uh, we'll get you in a quick Europa preview. Uh, we'll also, of course, fill you in on the baseball playoffs and our predictions for them as they will start tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this once it's actually gone up. Um, and, of course, we will talk a uh, big weekend in college football. Some big, big games that actually might make me care about college football this weekend outside of Georgia. This is the big one. Uh, We'll also, of course, uh, get a So Raw towards the end of this episode, which I know you are just chomping at the bit. Like Luis Suarez, you are chomping at the bit. I am a light Luis Suarez. I think I've put on weight since Raw. Oh, Oh, it's not too bad. Uh, but we are going to, of course, start by putting ourselves over. If you want to get up with us on this podcast or for the show, you can get up on Twitter at All New Sports Show. Uh, Producer Des today was actually furiously sending off tweets, uh, getting getting uh, people jacked up for our game this Saturday that we'll be doing live. He, he has gotten the people excited. Good job by you producer Des on that today. So if you want to check those out again, that is at all new sports show. 
Of course, you can also go to Facebook.com slash All New Sports Show. Instagram is Instagram.com slash All New Sports Show. Check out all our videos at YouTube.com slash The All New Sports Show. Email us, AllNewSportsShow at gmail.com. And send your letters and parcels to 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mount, North Carolina, 27804. All righty, Wes. Let us dive right into the weekend matches of the Barclays Premier League. Uh... I, I did Muir Derby can, can, weekend. Can, can I just throw one one thing out since Shh. I have turned the channel to the uh, Pirates Giants game? Sure. Uh, North Carolina's own Madison Bumgarner um, is bumgarnering all over the Pirates tonight. Yeah, which is sad because I kind of wanted Pittsburgh to win. I do too, but I, I always pull for Bumgarner. Saw <laughs> saw him play as a high schooler two or three times. Uh, awful impressed. All right. Well, so we'll obviously be seeing more of him in the baseball playoffs, uh, which we'll be getting to a little bit later in this episode. But first, we're going to start off with the BPL. Uh, like I mentioned, Derby weekend. Uh, some results for you, of course. Uh, Chelsea in a non-Derby destroys uh, Premier League contenders in disguise. Aston Villa 3-0. Uh, Crystal Palace gets a big win over Leicester 2-0. Man City comes back against Hull after they'd equalized at 2. They get two more Man City for Hull City 2. Uh, Manchester United somehow beats West Ham, although maybe they shouldn't have if not for a terrible offsides call. We'll talk about Wayne Rooney in a little bit as well, but Man United 2, West Ham 1. Southampton 2, QPR 1, Southampton looking for all the world, like maybe the second best team in the PL right now. Sunderland and Swansea, my house Swansea have fallen. They play to a nil-nil draw. And of course, in our derbies for Saturday, Liverpool 1, Everton 1, and Arsenal 1, Tottenham Hotspur 1. Uh, real quick, on Sunday and Monday, there were also a few matches. Sunday featured West Brom Albion stomping all over Burnley. Burnley, just one goal through six games. Not real good. West Brom 4, Burnley nil. And on Monday, it was Stoke 1, Newcastle United. Oh, Alan Pardew, in a week time, you will be getting sacked in the morning. So, let us jump back to the derbies. Liverpool won, Everton won, Anfield stunned as a Phil Jagielka wonder strike in the 91st minute negates a beautiful, a mainstay of the Merseyside derby, a Steven Gerrard free kick goal in the 63rd minute. They level at the death. Wes, I know, I saw your Twitter, you were, let's just say, beside yourself with emotion trapped in that glass case. How, how are you feeling now three days on? You know, it's sucked ass. <laughs> um, yeah. You think everything's fine. You think everything's fine. Then all of a sudden you just see the ball fire off Jackie Elkins' foot. And if you know anything about the game, you knew that ball was going in. Mm-hmm. There was no way Mignolet, there was no way any keeper ever really was getting to that ball. True. Very true. Um, oh, man. On a day where the Liverpool defense really played well, you know, the much maligned Liverpool defense, mm-hmm. um, basically takes a wonder strike. Yeah. And what was scary about it, well, you know, what kind of made Liverpool fans just kind of scratch their head Captain Steven Gerrard, who earlier had put them up 1-0. His goal against uh, Olympiacos uh, in the 
Champions League in 2004 that got us out of the group stage into the knockout round was almost just like that one. I mean, it was almost picture for picture, same end at the cop end and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just kind of, I mean, I, I, I didn't get mad. I didn't throw anything. I didn't curse anything out. I just really sat on the couch and just kind of dropped my head and said, huh, is this what my Saturday is going to entail? Now, luckily, um, Georgia and Miami came back and got wins on the gridiron. Mm-hmm. East Carolina didn't play, so no problems there. Um, but that, that just kind of put a damper on the day for me. It, it was very – I actually got to watch from about the 60th minute on on my phone. Thank you, NBC Sports app. Um very, very impressed. Even though, even though Everton led in time of possession, uh, Liverpool seemed to have a lot of control of that game. Uh, it did get a little dicey late, uh, especially once Eto'o came on in the 80th minute for Everton. It did seem like they had a little bit more going forward. But I was, I was impressed by Liverpool's defending. Even even the clearance that eventually led to Jagielka's goal wasn't a terrible clearance. Uh, it just it just didn't get out as far as I think they would. Um, also, uh, you know Everton may have led on time of possession. Liverpool had twice as many shots as Everton did. Uh, what was really a an okay first half punctuated uh, to the stunned Anfield crowd, I'm sure, by a sight of Jordan Henderson slipping about the middle of the pitch, which I'm sure was just very bad memories for them. But I, I, I got to imagine, you know, the back line of Lovren, Moreno, Mankiw, and Skirtle looked like it was sort of coming together then. And I think I think they have nothing to hang their heads about after the Jagielka goal. I mean, it's he he's not a strafender. He is not a striker and defender. He just he just put a good kick on a ball that fell right in his lap, and and sometimes that just happens. Well, and also in that game, what what really was disheartening was about three or four minutes after Gerard scored the free kick, mm-hmm. Balotelli had an absolute sitter. Oh God, did he really? I mean, about he was two feet in front of, of, mm-hmm. of an open goal. And the ball just took a little hop and got on the top of his foot and went over the goal. But, I mean, he had a wide – I mean, he had one of those wide open – I mean, it's literally one of the ones that you say, you know, my nine-year-old who doesn't play soccer scores that goal. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but, but I mean, and I, I don't so much blame Balotelli. I mean, it took kind of a weird hop on him and just got a little high. I mean, none of us are perfect. But at that point, you're just kind of like, oh, shit. What's going to happen? <laughs> Certainly. Um, but Liverpool held on. That back line played really well. And, you know, really we'll get to it more in a little bit. Um, actually played pretty well against Basel today. I mean, they've only conceded one goal the last couple games. Um, maybe it's coming around some. But just still so disheartening when all you all you kind of feel is, man, if we can just get one win, maybe we can get things back going. Um, and to those of you who uh, who are maybe just joining us on this journey through the Prem League, uh, who haven't who haven't been throughout the years, obviously I am a sort of new man to all of this. Not terribly new anymore. I believe this is my third year through the Premier League. Now this is, I believe, your tenth or eleventh. Uh, I'm at about I'm at about nine right now. Okay, so so if if this is your first time through. Uh, and, and you heard about this insane derby, which is probably 
probably one of the most insane derbies in the Premier League. I I would have to imagine. Yeah. Uh, after 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 watching especially the crowd at uh, the Emirates this Saturday, uh, much better crowd on hand for the the match at Anfield than at the Emirates. Completely. Well, what's, what's really interesting about the match at Anfield is that you know. Obviously, the North London Derby, you know, it's kind of like you are what you are. Mm-hmm. You're either uh, you're either a Gooner or you're um, you're a Spurs guy. Um, when it comes to the Liverpool, the Merseyside Derby, you know, it's like, I mean, just take a guy that we love to listen to, Roger Bennett for the Men and Blazers. Bennett is a diehard, you know, no nothing will ever turn him in the world. You know, he is a he's a toffee. Mm-hmm. And then his his brother Nigel, who I love so much more, is a guy. Uh, he's he's a he's a Liverpool guy. He's a red. So I mean, right there in the house, you had a diehard red and a diehard blue. It, it's a brother against brother, it, 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 and that's why they actually they call it the friendly rivalry, uh, even though it's so intense because you know it is brother against brother. It's family member versus family member. But when it's done, yeah, you can be disappointed. But you know, you go out, you have a pint, and you know you talk a little shit about it mm-hmm. and that's what's just, that's what's really, really fun about the whole thing. Um, but that said, you want to win, you want to win worse than anything in the world. Um, and Liverpool have dominated it over recent years. They've dominated historically, but also over recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gerard has kind of made it one of those, you know, um, yeah, I'm Steven Gerrard, and um, I score against Everton. It's just yep. what I do. Ten goals for his career in the Merseyside Derby. And um, I, I know if you're listening here in America, I'm sure a rivalry that is well-known here, you know, it's close to us, is uh, Duke Carolina in basketball, uh, which is obviously because the, the, the famous saying that there's eight miles of tobacco road between them. Well, <laughs> literally, the Merseyside Derby is if you took – if you took uh, the Dean Smith Center, where it is on campus, it would basically be like being putting Cameron Indoor on the north side of campus at UNC. That's how close these stadiums are from each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that just adds to it. So go ahead. The only thing that separates it is, is uh, Stanley Park. Mm-hmm. Separates it. Um, you know, if you get a good up of how you you can you can look at both stadiums in one picture <laughs> it's uh it's crazy to have two major clubs that close together um something you know we really here in the united states i mean of course that's something that we would never think of mm-hmm. um you know something being that close together but i guess in england you know with it being as kind of tight as it is there mm-hmm. um you've got them in there i mean god you look at london how many how many teams are there in London and most all of them having their own, their own ground and yeah. everything. How many teams are in North London? <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, really, but, uh, you know, for Liverpool, it's, uh, it's, it's a plus, you know, well, you didn't lose the match, True. but at the same time, you know, it, it was a whole lot better point for Everton to get than Liverpool just the way it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. And, um, there, there were some signs. It did look like, uh, some signs from Romelu Lukaku. He looked a little better in this match. 
uh, just never really seemed to get the service he needed. The commentators, I think, kept commenting on that, especially towards the end of the game, uh, how he was he was being asked to do more of, of the dribbling that he normally doesn't do instead of just being a, hey, I'm standing out in front of goal and I'm going to beat people with the ball. Um, and it just it, it looked a little awkward for him at times. But maybe maybe this is the start of an Everton turnaround. Uh, so we'll see that going forward. Of course, we'll be talking about Liverpool a little more in a, just a few minutes. But first, that other derby, the North London derby, uh, Arsenal won, Spurs won. Uh, it was a Nasser Chadley goal in the 53rd minute for Spurs that got them out to a lead at the Emirates before Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain leveled it up in the 74th minute after Danny Welbeck, that amazing signing for the Gooners, he, he just completely missed on the box. He dummied them. He dummied everyone, Wes. And then it was up to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to put it in, which he did. Spurs, however, do get a point on the road in a match where they were dominated in possession, 69% to 31%. Um, and if not for the amazing clearances of Yunus Kabul and the quality goalkeeping of Hugo Lloris, French international Hugo Lloris, uh, it could have been much worse for Tottenham. Um, very, though, impressed with the uh, the amount of defense they showed throughout, um, maybe except for Vertonghen, who I just officially despise at this point. I don't even, I'm not even cagey about it anymore. I'm so ready for him to be gone. I don't care how good he is. He tried to redeem himself during the World Cup, and now he's failing miserably again. Um, I was very impressed with Kabul. Danny Rose looked a lot better before he picked up a little injury late on that made uh, Eric Direwolf come on in the 83rd minute. Uh, everybody looked really good. Uh, Lamella was okay. Um, and actually, his failed clearance almost led directly to the Arsenal goal. But other than that, I thought it was very good. Uh, the head official in the match did get a little card happy. And I'm trying to see if his name is here on the GameCast. It is not, unfortunately, that I can see. Uh, to the point where, after scoring in a heated derby match, Nasser Chadley went over to the Arsenal crowd and put his hand to his ear. Which... Drew a yellow card. Now, I would normally say, oh, well, let's let's just let them play. Not about two hours earlier did we see one Steven Gerrard do the exact same thing at Anvil and not get carded. So I ask you, I ask you, Greater America and England, why are you doing this? Why? Well, why? Steven Gerrard kind of, not, not to, not to... Get too much into it. Steven Gerrard kind of gets away with things that probably other people couldn't. Um, just because he is a former England captain, Steven Gerrard, mm -hmm. and because he's one of the greatest, most loved players ever. Um, not to say that he should, but you know, he could, he probably just got away with it. Oh, it's Stevie G, we're not going to get him. Uh, but also, in absolute truth, I mean, it all comes down to the official. Mm hmm. I mean, that, that's all. It all comes down to the official and, you know, does he want to be a dick and give somebody a card? Yeah. I, it, there's it, times it was, to give a card. It wasn't Major League Vampire Jim Joyce by any chance, was it? No, no. Jim Joyce, Jim Joyce did not fly in for that match, literally. He did not fly in for it, unfortunately. Um, 
Also solid work, I will say, for Spurs by Aaron Lennon, who came on for Christian Eriksen in the 62nd minute. Um, also, though, played a much more defensive role than I think we're used to seeing from Aaron Lennon and actually acclimated himself quite well, especially toward the end as uh, Spurs just trying to hold on for that point. Um, so even though in a similar vein to your Darby, uh, Spurs have a lead and then let it slip away, um, because of how it happened, because of when it happened, and because of what was going on the rest of the match, really okay with one point here. Really, really okay with the one point. Hopefully, hopefully at the lane we will take all three, but pretty, pretty happy with one point. I've also discovered that NC Spurs may be the most amazingly optimistic yet sarcastic supporting group in the world. And I love them for it. You mean the most optimistic slash pessimistic? Yes. Yes, slash sarcastic. Oh, we're great. So we I can't wait until the next North London Derby later this season, which will have, I'm sure, a lot riding on it. Um, as we mentioned also in the Premier League, of course, Diego Costa, he has jazz hands and he has jazz fingers. And that's what you can do when you basically score any time you take the pitch. He scores again for Chelsea and their 3-0 win against Aston Villa. And of course, as we mentioned earlier as well, Njeko grabs a brace as Manchester City overcome Hull City. A good road win for City. Uh, let's talk about United real quick for just a few minutes before we head on to the Champions League. Wow. Um, Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney, your team is up 2-1. Um, you you get the ball stolen away, and you chase after your man. And when you, once you see that he is clearly faster than you, you decide to stop him by kicking him in the shin. Uh, Rooney draws a quick automatic red. He is gone, and he will now also miss the next three matches for Manchester United, which I do believe means he will be missing matches against Everton and Chelsea. Uh, the captain, we saw him two weeks ago in the meltdown against Leicester, verbally uh, yelling at his teammates in a very angry fashion. And now he does this uh, as he tackles Stuart Downing. What what do we make of this, West Bradshaw? A, a United team already in turmoil. Um, it, it, all it tells me is that you know Roy is so spot on with his picking of the New England captain. <laughs> I'm just so inspired. Oh, aren't you though? God, when's that old man gonna die? Anyway, um, I mean Rooney, it's Rooney, man. He's he's a hothead. He always has been a hothead. He is a, he's an amazing player. Uh, at this point, I think his impact is a little over-dramatized. For United, it's still definitely there. Uh, for England, I think he's past being the great world-class player that England had. Um, you know, ever since uh, Sir Alex Ferguson left United, Rooney has kind of uh, Rooney's kind of gotten this you know, kind of feeling in him like I I can do what I want because I'm bigger than the club. 
And that's something that you never saw when Alex Ferguson was there. As much as I hate old whiskey nose himself, mm-hmm. um, you know, the one thing that you have to admire him about him is how he he made sure the club was always bigger than any player, right? Uh, and I mean that that holds true to guys like uh, you know David Beckham, uh, uh, Eric Cantona, Roy Keane, who are absolute United legends who. Ferguson kind of cold-blooded, you know, was pretty cold-blooded about, all right, well, your time's done. Bye. Yeah. Um, and he had a special way of handling Rooney, which didn't did not always make Rooney happy. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing because, folks, if we look at Wayne Rooney's just normal decision-making, he's pretty much a meatball. Yes. I mean, he's he's an idiot. He's a little thick. I mean, and we're not talking about his uh, gorgeous mane of uh, fake hair that he has. No, either. no, no. I mean, this is a guy who he does not make great decisions all the time. He's a very, you know, and this is not just me running my mouth. This is pretty much proven. He's he's an undereducated, you know, street kid from from Liverpool who basically was given the keys to the kingdom when he was 16, 17 years old because of his amazing ability to kick a football. Right. And, you know, you sit here now and, you know, it's almost like you're letting this guy at age 29, 30, wherever Rooney is in there, you're letting him basically dictate how your franchise is run because it's almost like you feel you can't do anything better than Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Um, I mean, awesome player, don't get me wrong, but I just – I've never thought Rooney as captain potential myself. And, and it's kind of embarrassing to Man United in what has become kind of the era of embarrassment for Manchester United, you know, where yeah. it's, it's almost like everything's just kind of gone to shit at once for them. Yeah. And this just epitomizes it. Yeah, again, uh, Rooney will be missing uh, an entire month of club football, actually, the way United's schedule works out. Uh, He'll be missing uh, the trip to Enferton this week, uh, then a trip to West Brom on October 20th, and then the home game with Chelsea six days later. So that's two big matches he's going to be out of, uh, Everton and Chelsea, and even West Brom has showed a little life here. Um I, I gotta say, I, I I just it's very disappointing. That's that's all I can say. You are you are the captain, and you you have to be better than that. And I know there there are better players on this team right now. Uh, in fact, an ESPN article I believe I saw today was basically putting forth United might be better with Rooney on the bench anyway. So there 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 is that, but it it just you can't do that. Like you, you just you can't. You are you are supposed to be the man, even if you aren't. Even even last year, even even when it, it was still Steven Gerrard's team, even when Luis Suarez was running rampant over people, it was still Steven Gerrard's team, and that's how Rooney has to treat it. Even when Falcao and Van Persie and Di Maria are doing their things, it's your club. You gotta be better. Well, and, and here's my deal. I actually, I don't know if I totally agree with ESPN. I, I look at it this way. I still think Rooney is probably still their best player. I mean, dude, Rooney, he is an amazing player when he's on. That said, I think they actually could get better without him just because Rooney kind of has this 
Rudy, Rudy's one of those guys. He, he's almost like an NBA player. To me, he's he's sort of like Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm great. I know I'm great, and everything has to run through me. No sure. matter what it does, to everyone else, everything has to run through me. Um, now that said, unlike Carmelo, uh, we have actually had sightings of Wayne Rooney playing defense in his life. <laughs> yeah, they uh, are they are rare, and he will oh, he will pass up the. Uh, the the open shot from 70 yards away <laughs> but um I, I don't know it's just Rooney is such a larger than life figure on the pitch for United mm-hmm. that it, it's kind of like it, it makes it hard it makes it hard for things to run and Liverpool were somewhat like this for a while with Gerard mm-hmm. but then Gerard you know Gerard came to a realization and it helped when Brendan Rodgers got there that, you know, it's not the time anymore for everything to have to run through me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be, I can still be the captain, but at the same time, um, I, I, I'm, I'm more of an ancillary player. I have a role and this is the role I'm performing. Um, and, you know, Gerard has taken that. He no longer has to be the spotlight glory guy anymore. And while Rooney can still get up and score, don't get me wrong, you know, Rooney, you, you need to carry yourself a little differently when you're wearing the armband. Certainly. Yeah, it's 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 disappointing and it's and and it's disappointing for I think England as a whole that, hey, this is your captain now. So yay. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate my I hate my life as an England fan right now. Oh, it's not good. Hopefully it'll get better. Uh, for Euro qualifying next week. Uh, but right now we're going to get you settled up for your week of uh, Premier League football before we go on yet another international break. Damn you, international break. Damn you to hell. Uh, this Saturday, uh, four matches at, or sorry, five matches at 10 a.m., no early matches. Uh, we feature Hull versus Crystal Palace, Leicester versus Burnley, and a match of promoted teams. Liverpool, West. Take on West Brom, Sunderland host Stoke, Swansea get Newcastle in what could be uh, a death knell, Aston Villa and Man City at 12.30, interesting game there, see if Aston Villa just had a slip up against Chelsea or if Man City imposes their will. On Sunday, it's Manchester United v Everton at 7 a.m., then Chelsea v Arsenal at 9, along with Tottenham versus Southampton at 9, and finally at 11.15, West Ham versus QPR. So Sunday, three very, very tasty matches. Uh, how how are you feeling, though, about... I heard you sigh a little bit when I mentioned Liverpool versus West Brom. Well, I mean, the thing is, if you look at the Liverpool schedule right now, it kind of looks like, okay, things are maybe breaking our way. This is good. You know, West Brom, QPR, and now West Brom is, you know, playing pretty damn good ball all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no guarantees. Oh, God, how soon did Joe Allen and Daniel Sturridge get back? Oh. Who the hell two years ago thought we'd be saying, God, we need Joe Allen back so horribly. <laughs> uh, and, and Daniel Sturridge, you know, Jesus Christ. But um, it's all about that Guinness Cup. God. That's where it is. You know, I think we just lost all our confidence losing the final of that. It was our it was our chance at a t- at a trophy, yeah, and here we go. Hey. Um, but no, I, I really I think that will turn Liverpool around. Uh, the returns of Allen and Sturridge, um, 
you know, just there's no real dynamic Mm -hmm. um, player up top. And that's Sturge. You know, problem is we got to keep him healthy. Hey, England's got to keep him healthy, right? Well, and I'll throw this in real quick. I don't know if you want to get on this or not, but, uh, you know, international break coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan Rodgers has made a comment, which the English FA is not very happy with, that, um, you know, they feel Sturridge is fit for Liverpool, but he is not fit for England. <laughs> so, sure, you can expound on that if you want. I, I, I'm very intrigued well, by that. I'm, I'm at a point where right now I 100% agree with him. You know, uh, something we talked about maybe about a month ago, the last one about Frank Ribery, you know, just because your country calls you, does that mean that you have to go? Uh, according to Michelle Platini, yes. But, you know, somebody, I mean, just let's just take Daniel Sturridge as, a, as an example, as a case study here. You know, here's a guy who was off to a good start in the Premier League season. He is... Obviously, one of the two or three most important players, you know, to his club at Liverpool. Um, you know, he goes on international break. He picks up an injury on the international break, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're pretty much blaming England for the way they did it. Has not been back yet. And now we may get him back for a game and then back on international break. I don't want him anywhere near the England side while he's on the while that break is going on. Well, I think you're exactly right. I think you're right to feel that way, and I don't. I don't think in this place the club the club should let him go. I think it's not in his best interest. Especially, I haven't looked it up yet, but considering that England's toughest match theoretically was supposed to be Switzerland, and they opened them with them out of the gates, yeah. I can't imagine they're playing anybody tough this go around. I believe I believe they have San Marino at Wembley, and I can't even tell you who else. I know there's a great ticket package for San Marino. I'm sure but, there is. Um, you know, I mean, you're sitting here. You basically you got the guy hurt. He has not been able to play for his club, and now suddenly, just when he's getting healthy, you're going to say, "Oh no, you have to come back and play for us again." When all you've ever proven is that every time he goes to you, he comes back injured. That's garbage. That's that's I mean, garbage. You're, you're you're England. You're you're not paying the guy the buku amount of money that Liverpool's playing him a year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you you have other options, and Roy does. I mean, obviously with the uh, you know the emergence of what Welbeck's doing, you know, and Rooney, you can get away with not having to pay play Sturridge in a qualifying match against San Marino. Certainly, you know, give the guy a freaking break. You know, give the club a freaking break. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I was always one of those, you know, play for your country. But now it just seems like, I don't know, it just it seems to hurt you more than anything at this point. I would be very perturbed if uh, the FA make uh, Sturridge go uh, for England on this international break. I just, and I would have to think that even if they did, I would I would hope, I would hope good old boy would just tell him, you know, look, look son, look, son, look. I know you're dealing with a bit of a knock right now. I just want you to take it easy, maybe maybe kick a ball around a little bit, and then and then just go have yourself a drink. Just just go. I got your back on this one, kid. I just I don't. I I think that would send a terrible message to basically everyone. And you talked about it. Platini basically did this uh, with Ribery a couple weeks ago. You can't make these guys play for a team. You just you can't do that. That's 
it, it just I mean, it, the thing is, you put the player in such a shitty position. Certainly, because, you know, yeah, somebody like us will say, "Well, if I was Dan Sturge, I'd just tell England I ain't going to play." Right. You know what? I mean, it it is a great honor to um, represent your country, and it's not saying that he does not want to play for England. I mean, you know, this is a guy when the next World Cup rolls around. He's going to be in his prime. He's going to be 27, 28 years old when the next World Cup rolls around. He's going to be a cornerstone for England, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you don't really want to, like, burn your bridge. And also, you don't want to be unprofessional and be a brat and say, well, I'm not going to play. Certainly. But at the same time, you know, I mean, obviously, what do you think right now is more important to Daniel Sturge, playing against Real Madrid uh, in the Champions League? Or playing against San Marino for England? The answer is obvious. You know, I mean, the answer is obvious. You know, he's going to have two shots in about, uh, I believe it's in about a two-week span. He's going to have two shots at Real Madrid. Of course, you know, Liverpool still a ton of big matches coming up in the Premier League. Still have not played uh, Chelsea. Still have not played Man United. Uh, still have not played Arsenal. Yeah, all these matches are coming up. Obviously, you. Liverpool needs him healthy, and obviously he wants to be healthy. Yeah, I, I, I have to believe logic and reason are going to prevail here. I just don't know that it is. Well, it's, it's the FA. Yeah, no yeah one, that's why. No one trusts the FA. I mean, we trust them more than we trust Seth Blatter. <sighs> but, I mean, you know, I, I also... Much. I mean, I... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I trust a German shepherd around my kid more than I trust a cobra. I mean, what's that saying? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, snake, yeah. snake metaphors for bladder. Amazing. Exactly. Amazing. But, um, anyway, that's, that's just, that's my two cents on that. That, that kind of got my goat today when I read it. No, as it should. That would, as, as even a non Liverpool supporter, that would, and a non England supporter, that would bother the crap out of me. And of course, it came literally within the wake of, oh crap, we lost 1 0 because we're missing our best playmaker. So. Yeah. Good times. Good times, man. Good times. A uh, quick look at your BPL standings before we head over to European competition. Uh, Chelsea still sit atop the table. Southampton right behind. Uh, Man City in third. And then there's a cluster of Arsenal, Swansea, and Aston Villa all with 10 points. Arsenal still your paper champions, though. Uh, and then near the bottom, Sunderland just outside of the bottom of your heart. And right now in the relegation zone, QPR, Newcastle, and Burnley. Newcastle. Chateau Nouveau. Um, Moving on to the Champions League. The Champions. Um, Some interesting results today. Not not even just the Liverpool one. Some very interesting results yesterday and today. Um, Let's start quickly going through some of these. Uh, Over in Group A, which is now wide open... Because everybody's at three points. That's crazy. That is awesome how that is. Oh, I'm loving this. This this could turn into a very fun group, these last That's four fun. matches. Uh, yes, uh, today actually, we had Malmo FF getting a big win over suddenly scoring Olympiacos. 2-0 Malmo FF wins. A pair of goals by Marcus Rosenberg in the 42nd and 82nd minute. Make sure Malmo gets the win at home. And then over on the other match in A, it's Atletico Madrid 1, Juve 0. 
as Turan picks up a goal in the 75th minute. Arda Turan gets the goal for Atletico Madrid. Now Wes Bradshaw, everybody's level at three. What do we make of Group A? Um, it's it's what it's supposed to be, man. It's the Champions League. You yes. know, they're, they're not supposed to be pushovers in the Champions League. Um, you get a fight from everybody, and if you win, you've earned it. Yes. And that, like I said, that, that's what's awesome about it. If you win, you earn it. I mean, just look at uh, – I know we'll get to it. I mean, just when we get to it, just look at what Ludogorets and Real Madrid did today. Certainly. Sure, everybody figured it would be, uh, you know, another 5-0. It sure wasn't, but we'll get to that. Well, let's get to that right now. Let's head over to Group B, uh, where currently Real Madrid does sit atop the table with six points. Basel and Liverpool tied for second right now with three right. points apiece. And, um, right. of course – Unlike it seems like according to this page, unlike in the World Cup, where goal differential is the first tiebreaker, it does look like win like head to head right now is the first tiebreaker as Basel currently sits in second place over Liverpool, although Basel is sporting a tidy negative three goal differential right now to Liverpool's level peg. Uh, but again, the results from today, Basel 1, Liverpool 0, a Streller goal in the 52nd minute sees the Swiss team through. And then, like you mentioned, over there, oh, poor Lugarets, the tournament darlings at this point, West Bradshaw. Ludogorets, Rosgrad, one. Real Madrid, two. Marcelo Nascimento da Costa in the sixth minute put Ludogorets up ahead. And just when you think it was all coming up for them, as Cristiano Ronaldo misses a penalty in the 11th minute, he comes right back with a penalty in the 24th. And then Karim Benzema puts him through in the 77th minute. And Wes, it, it just... It must be so nice when you can just look over to your bench and say, hmm, I don't like how Ishko is playing. Get me James Rodriguez. I don't like how Luka Modric is playing. Get me Tony Cruz. I don't like how Chicharito is playing. Get me Kareem Benzema. Fetch me some ice water with lemon while you are at it. I could work for Ludogorets to push Real Madrid to the limit. Uh, and real quick, I did look it up. The tiebreakers go in this order. Number one, uh, higher number of points obtained in the group matches played among the teams in question. So head-to-head. -head. So, yes, so head-to-head. -head. So basically, um, if Liverpool wins at Anfield, if they win 1-0, then you know they tie on that, and then it goes to goal difference. Well, then it goes to goal difference from the group matches played among the teams in question, which Ooh. means if Liverpool turn around and win, you know, three nil then they win that tiebreaker right and then it goes to highest number of goals scored in the group matches played among the teams in question oh my um so goal differential almost doesn't matter well then it goes to goals scored then it goes to highest number of goals scored away from home played Jesus. in the teams in question uh which liverpool are at zero so that's not good <laughs> um uh if Okay, if after applying criteria one to four uh, to several teams, two teams still have the equal ranking. Uh, criteria one to four reapply exclusively the matches between the two teams in question. Okay. Uh, number six, superior goal difference from all group matches played. Okay. Wow. So you have to go six down for it to matter that um, they have a minus three goal differential. Oh, my. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on group B? Obviously... 
uh, Rosgrad giving it all they had against Real Madrid. A shame to see them not come away with a point from the Spanish side. Um, but Basel, they come right back after being humiliated in Madrid 5-1. They get a big 1-0 win in Basel against Liverpool, a team I picked to go to the knockout stage. Um, I still think Liverpool are okay at the moment. Um, yeah, I believe this was, I always believed this was going to be a tough game for Liverpool, um, going to Switzerland and, and really Basel has done really well against the big guys mm-hmm. in the last few years, uh, especially English teams. Yeah. They swept Chelsea a season ago. Um, they're tough on the English teams. Um, for Liverpool, they have got to, I, I really think Liverpool can get a result at the, at, uh, the Bernabeu actually, which would, I think surprise a lot of people, but Liverpool have always historically, historically, they never lost to Real Madrid in Europe, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, between those two, between them, 15 European cups between the two of them, I believe they've only played twice in their history. And uh, Liverpool have won them both. Oh, my. Uh, so, you know, we do have a little bit of history on our side. And also, I just – I think I think Liverpool, by the time we get to Madrid, will we'll have come together. I really do. And like I said, if we can just keep a few guys healthy, <laughs> England, <laughs> um, I think they'll be okay. Uh, I think they can win their – I think if they win, they win their home matches – which includes, I, I believe, they got a good chance to beat Madrid in a, at Anfield. Mm-hmm. Anfield's just, it's a different place on European nights. Um, I still i still feel Liverpool and Madrid are coming out of this group. Well, we will see three weeks from today. It will be Liverpool hosting Real Madrid at Anfield. And then less than two weeks later, it will be the return leg at the Bernabeu in Madrid. I Amazing scheduling. Amazing scheduling. Oh, yeah, it's just freaking Let's super. Let's not play the round robin in the same order the first time through and the second time through. No, 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 no. no. Let's not do that. No, no. That, it almost makes too much sense. And we can't be making sense here. Thank you, UEFA. Um, by the way, uh, it should be noted that uh, Rosgrad played their home matches at Vasilevsky National Stadium Sofia instead of their regular stadium, uh, Ludogorets Arena and Rosgrad. I am not quite sure why they did that. I don't know if that is a uh, safety issue. Oh, seating requirements. Yeah, um, Ludogorets Stadium in uh, Rosgrad. Um, let me look at it real quick. Ooh, uh, sixty-five hundred people. Yeah, only holds sixty-five hundred. So. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so you go to um, forty-three thousand. Yeah, that's exactly. a bit of a difference. Yeah, and there there are like uh, there are UEFA standards. That you do have to uphold when it comes to uh, hosting European matches. <laughs> UEFA standards. <laughs> Why do they have standards? You're such a kidder, West Bradshaw. Uh, that's why I love you. All right, let's jump on down to Group C, which had a few more interesting uh, group matches today. Uh, Zenit St. Petersburg nil, Monaco nil. Over in front in of a whopping crowd of 13,817. Huge. You know why? They didn't like that Mark Clattenburg was the referee of record. They, they don't trust those English. 
Uh, and likewise, over in Leverkusen, Martin Atkinson. <laughs> Martin Atkinson. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's all English all the time here in Group C. Uh, as Bayer Leverkusen defeats Benfica 3-1. Uh, a bunch of fun names for me to try to pronounce here. Stefan Kbling, uh, Son Heung-Min, and Hakan Kalangulu. All scored for Bayer Leverkusen today on the pitch. Uh, for Benfica, it was Eduardo Salvio, that's a bit of an easier name, in the 62nd minute, who drew Benfica back within one before the 64th minute penalty strike by Pascal Hanglu. Um, so right now, Group C looks like this. ZSP and Monaco tied atop at four points apiece. Bayer Leverkusen in third with three points. And Benfica currently sitting on nil Benfica, a team that went into Europa last year and I believe went to the finals, currently they're in danger of getting knocked out of European competition altogether. Benfica, I believe they were the they were in the number one pot mm-hmm. uh, for the tournament, so yeah. they're supposed to be they're kind of supposed to be like the number one seed out of this, and um, they haven't even really kept it close yet. No, they they have not losing in the first match at home to Zenit St. Petersburg nil to two. Um yeah, struggling right now for Benfica. We've gotta gotta really be wary of them going forward. And now they're getting a Monaco team that uh did not score against Zenit, but did score against Bayer Leverkusen. So it'll be rather interesting to see how they play going forward. Uh going to group D now, the last group to play today, mm-hmm. Wednesday. Uh, we had two results here. <sighs> Arsenal 4, Galatasaray 1. Danny Welbeck, England's savior with a hat trick. And Alexis Sanchez Sanchez with a joining goal in the 41st minute. It's the greatest signing in English history, obviously. Obviously. Barack Yilmaz had a penalty in the 63rd minute, but by then it was too late for the Turkish side. Over in Anderlecht, it is Anderlecht nil. Borussia Dortmund 3, everyone's favorite Dead Poet Society English teacher Jurgen Klopp guiding his team to another victory. Uh, Immobile scored in the third minute. You see how I got that that time. Uh, and then it's uh, a pair of goals from Adrian Ramos in the 69th and 79th minute to put the match out of reach. So Dortmund now atop the table with six points. Arsenal with three points. They are currently in second. And Anderlecht and Galatasaray at the bottom with one apiece. Uh, so Arsenal, after getting shut out at Dortmund, they're okay. Well, they have Danny Welbeck. That's true. And everything's okay with yeah, Danny he's- Welbeck. England's Danny Welbeck. England uh, international Danny Welbeck. No, I mean, they're, 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 they played well. I'm going to give it to them. They played well. Um, Sanchez was really dangerous. Um, I just, I still don't like the fact that uh, they don't have a, they don't really have a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, and just, what? it's funny you mentioned Sanchez um, watching the uh, derby this Saturday. Uh, two Arsenal players actually came off early on, and all of a sudden, our, everybody got excited. Like, oh, oh God, they only have one substitute left, and they haven't put in Alexis Sanchez yet. Oh my God, are we going to dodge Alexis Sanchez? Oh, this is fantastic in the 55th minute. Damn it. Damn it. Really? Really? Wilshire couldn't get injured earlier? Nope. Damn it. Damn it. Anyway. 
He was uh, he was back today uh, playing, so the injury must not have been too bad. Screw Jack Wilshere. Um, God, I hate Arsenal I'd, so I'd much. I'd love Wilshere if he go to Liverpool. <laughs> I know you would. Well, I can't say that about everybody. I mean, you know, I don't think I would become a John Terry fan. <laughs> would you? Would you? Would you become a Messi Ozil fan? No, I didn't like him. I never liked him at all. Anyway, um, nobody likes messing with You know, uh, there was the big rumor we were going to sign Ashley Cole in the off season. Oh, I was God. so not in favor of that. <laughs> Wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, this is a horrible person. Oh, if only you could have gotten Frank Lampard. Um, going. Oh, no, him, he and Stevie G can't play together. That's no. true. Uh, going to Group E. The rest of these matches took place on Tuesday. Uh, it was CSK Moscow nil. Bayern Munich won. Thomas Müller with a penalty in the 22nd minute gives the German side all they needed in the cold Siberian winter. And then it was Manchester City 1, Roma 1. Aguero, all he does is score in his limited time. He takes a penalty in the fourth minute. And then it is a man who had, according to the Manchester City Twitter account, Never scored in England. Francesco Totti with a goal in 23 minutes to level it for Roma. In front of a, let's just call it a somewhat subdued crowd at the Etihad, according to reports. Um, but it is going to be Bayern Munich atop the table at six points. Roma now in second with a whopping four. Man City with one point. CSK Moscow currently yet to get on the board. Um... Hmm, City, City, you gotta defend your home turf. You, you, you gotta. You said it with Liverpool, win your home matches, and you didn't. No, um, I don't know. I don't know what it is about City, um, in Europe. It just doesn't seem to totally click for those guys. Um, you gotta beat Roma, right? Like Roma are a good side, but you have to beat Roma at home. I mean, Roma. I mean, Roma are showing that they're 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 going to be a little more to be reckoned with. I think than we thought we were. By the way, the Russian winter right now is uh, forty eight degrees, so not terrible. It's not that wintry in <laughs> Russia, but you know, whatever. I'm not. I'm not here to. I'm not here to be difficult. Thanks. Try appreciate um, it. But yeah, you, you've got to. You've got to hold serve when you're at home, especially when you're a big team like Man City. Um, disappointed for them, and they found that they they put themselves in a tough spot now. Yeah, um, of course, Pellegrini was very quick to dismiss the idea that it was the fans or lack thereof in support of the team that caused the one-one draw, but did say it would have been nice to had a little bit more. But we'll see. It looks like City, uh, their next match will be on the road at CSK, CSKA Moscow. So maybe we'll see if City can pick up their first win of the group stage in the Champions League this go-around. Of course, Roma will be hosting Bayern Munich at Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Uh, going to Group F, which saw the match of the week. Uh, it was Paris Saint-Germain without God himself. Zlatan on the pitch trying to go against his former club. Without them, it did not matter as it was PSG 3, Barcelona 2, David Luiz capturing some of that Brazilian magic in the 10th minute as he scores. Messi 
uh, answering right back in the 12th, and then it was Verratti in the 26th minute for PSG to get them the lead, uh, that they would not surrender as it was an insurance goal by Blaise Matudi in the 54th minute. Uh, Neymar does get, I believe, his first goal of the season for Barcelona in the 56th minute, uh, but it was not enough as PSG win this match in Paris. Also, APOEL won, Ajax won, so both those teams pick up a point. Uh, right now, PSG 4, Barcelona 3, Ajax 2, APOEL 1. Um, PSG, maybe the group winners now? Um, you never know, uh, because don't forget they still have to go back to... Uh, the Camp Nou. Oh, and, certainly. Uh, PSG just, they kind of have a history of building, building, building it up, building it up so high, and <laughs> we're going to fuck it up somehow. Oh, certainly. Yeah, never, never, never bet on PSG to do something that they're expected to do. Oh, no. Why would we do that? They're, they're French. They will surrender soon enough. Uh, going to Group G now that we've offended our entire French audience. Uh, some more draws. Uh, this group was famous for a pair of 1-1 draws in the first go-around. And now in the second, we had another one. Uh, Schalke 0-4-1, Maribor 1. Uh, for Maribor, they went out in the 37th minute with a Damien Bohar goal. Uh, but it was the man who scored for Schalke 0-4 in the first round, Klaas-Jan Huntelaar, who scored in the 56th minute to equalize and ensure, and ensure them a point. Uh, and then over in Lisbon, it was Sporting CP nil, Chelsea won. They cannot be so stopped. Matic with a goal in the 34th minute was all Jose Mourinho's team needed to secure three points. Uh, Chelsea now go atop the table to four. Maribor and Schalke tied at two, and Sporting is at one. Um, so Chelsea finally do break through and get their first win of this uh, Champions League group stage. I think Chelsea's winning Europe. Really? I do. Um, just there's a few things, and one of them, I think, I think Modic is the best uh, defensive midfielder in the world. Mm -hmm. He's God. He's just he's amazing. He's very good. They are so tight. Defensively, mm -hmm. they're just—they're not going to give up. They're not going to give up hardly any goals. I mean, that's going to be their big thing, especially in Europe. They're going to be obviously, you know, you're going to be jacked for those European games. They're not going to give up hardly any goals, and they have so many playmakers right. that they're going to find a way to score a goal or two when they need to. They're going to win a ton of games, one and two nil, in Europe this year. And uh, I think right, I just—I just think right now. I think they're your odds on favorite to win Europe. I mean, even yeah. more than Baron and Real. I mean, between Munich just not looking very Munich esque at this point, mm -hmm. you know, Real underwhelming overall, Certainly. underwhelming completely. Um, you know, Barcelona's not what they've been. Now, now the one scary thing for Barcelona, no one has a, no one has a trump card coming <laughs> in like Barcelona's about to have come in. Yes, yes. Um, when they get Suarez, no one has anything like that coming in to add to a team. So that could really bump them up a notch. But uh, I just I just think Chelsea, 
Ch- Mourinho, as much as you may hate Mourinho, and I think we all do, he's a dickhead. Yes. Um, Chelsea built from the back. And that is still the way that's still the way to win. Mm-hmm. You know, they've always said strong defense beats a good offense. Well, the thing is, they've also got a buttload of world class offensive stars yes. to go with it. So, yeah, it's great to have maybe the best defense in the world as well. And um, I think this might be the year for Chelsea. It does help. Um, yeah, again, it all comes back to, and Costa played in this match. If Costa stays healthy, I think they're just that much better. And obviously, they still are good, even if he goes out for a match or two. But, man, with him in there, it just it's it, there's so much more dynamic on offense. Um, something we talked about a little earlier about the international, um, you know, players playing internationally. There's also some talk, um, a little bit of controversy surrounding Costa. I did hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Where of course, you know, Costa with the, the hamstring is always a, is a concern. And, uh, Mourinho basically came out in a press conference and said, um, yeah, he, he's not, he's not going to play for Spain. <laughs> and, and Costa is kind of like, um, why <laughs> exactly? Are you saying I'm not going to get to play for Spain? Uh, I, I, I think I might play for Spain. So keep an eye on that. You know, uh, of course, the English media, the way they put it, uh, he is prepared to fly in the face of his manager and do what he wants. Oh. Um, so that that's definitely one to kind of keep an eye on. Oh, thank thank you. Thank you, Diego Costa. This this Chelsea season was starting off much too boring. They were they were just winning and scoring goals and playing good defense. We we needed we needed Chelsea drama in our lives. Thank you, you wonderful Spaniard, Brazilian, Amer- Mexican. I don't know what he is, but he plays for Spain. So. He's dead to me. That's what he is. Yeah. Uh, in Group H, uh, our final group for the Champions League, uh, some exciting matches as it's Shakhtar Donetsk 2, Porto 2. Shakhtar looked to have all three points in a vice as Alex Teixeira scored in the 52nd minute and Luis Adriano scored in the 85th. But it was not to be as the former club of AVB himself got some of that magic. Got some of that, I believe also the former club of one special one, Jose Mourinho. Porto? Uh, yes, yes, you are correct on that. Yes. Oh, it's a breeding ground and no mighty finer to take those two goals for Porto back than Jackson Martinez who, there's a little bit of talk, might be coming to Spurs one day. But Jackson Martinez with a penalty strike in the 89th, and then right at the death, in the 94th minute, gets an equalizer for Porto as they steal a point out of Shakhtar. And then in the other match, it's B-A-T-E Borisov 2, Athletic Bilbao 1. A Zianis Paliakau goal in the 19th minute started the scoring for BATE. And then it was Alexander Kurnitsky with a 41st minute strike. Uh, Bilbao did try to get back in with an Aritz Aduriz goal in the 45th minute just before the half. But it was not enough. As BATE goes to second in Group H... Uh, Porto are at the top at four points. Shakhtar in third with two points. And Athletic Bilbao just one point, Wes. Well, I guess my biggest question out of this group is um, for BATE. Yes. Do they call their manager the master? He's the master of bait. Of course he is. Master of bait. That's a good thing to know. Um, and as far as your Jackson Martinez um, rumors... 
just an FYI, Jackson Martinez has been literally every club in the top tens rumor for about five years now. But but it's but it's Potch. It's sure. Potch, it's Potch at Rocket. Sure it is, man. I love me some Potch. He's I remember the I remember the summer he was going to Chelsea. Pochettino is such a sexy man. Then he was going to City, going to United for a while. Liverpool connected to him uh, this past summer. We were going to replace him with Suarez for Suarez. Obviously, just waiting for the right fit. And you know what? He'd look all right in Lily White. Ah, speaking of Spurs, shut up. Let's go to let's go to Group C of the Europa League, where tomorrow or today, depending on when you listen to this podcast, uh, it will be Tottenham Hotspur taking on Besiktas, that other Turkish side, at the Lane in London. That will be part of the Group C festivities in Europa, um, as well as uh, Everton will also be taking part as they will be traveling to Krasnodar, that amazing side over in Russia. Uh, that, that Russian winter, going to get Everton too. And of course... Um, this, uh, is, this is why you love to play in Europa, right? It's the beautiful game. Uh, of course, Wes, I know you'll be very interested in Everton's next match, which will be on October 23rd, when they will be in France to take on Leo. I know you're keeping close tabs on them with with one original gangster, Divac Origi. Divac is going to score four goals on them and uh, reestablish Liverpool's dominance. Oh, oh, oh! This this has gotten personal now. So hey, jackasses, just wait till next time. I'm coming next year. I love it. All right, um, we were going to do an article about uh, Alan Pardew. Uh, the best of the 37 reasons he should not be sacked. Very tongue-in-cheek article by Project Bab. Please, if you're not following Project Bab uh, as part of the Telegraph over in England, um, go follow them. They're amazing and hilarious. And one of their members was part of Fit by That Ba, who of course gave us such joys as The Adventures of Zlatan, uh, Money is No Object for Ed Woodward, and Arsene Wenger in the transfer window trying to purchase a Mars bar. So please, go follow them. They are glorious. Um, one thing I also had on here that I did kind of want to talk about, um, we talked about England. It is, it is a uh, international break coming up. Uh, as we know, uh, this past weekend at Hull, Pellegrini went with Willie Caballero in goal instead of Joe Hart. Uh, and with the start that Southampton has had, Wes, is it time for Woy, Woy, to think about Fraser Forster in goal for England? No, there's a reason that Fraser Forster uh, was never snapped up by a big time Premier League club. Mm. He's big, you know. He, he, I mean, he's big and he's a shot stopper. Oh, I know one of those. His name's Simone Mignolet. No. Um, uh, England just don't have a lot of options is the problem. I don't know. Shit, give him a shot. Well, is he better you know, than Joe Hart? That, at this point, is he better than Joe Hart? That's 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 the question. Is is not is even as Forrester great. It's just, is he better than Joe Hart? I'm reserving judgment on that. <laughs> and the only reason is because 
Joe Hart, with his uh, latest um, instability of his starting job, has been linked to Liverpool. So if he becomes a red, it's all good at that point, man. He's England's guy then. So so you're going to have Mignolet and Hart in your bench? Oh, no. Mignolet will take that bench very nicely and Hart will play. <laughs> you seem so high on Mignolet going into this season. He, oh, God. It's just it's little things he does. He's been better lately. Don't get me wrong. He was actually probably our best player today against Basel. It's just I don't see him as being elite. Yeah, I mean you're probably right. I don't see it. I've towed the company line, Ed, but now I just I calls it like I see it. Um. Well, as long as we're uh, calls it him like you see him and 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 doing the company line here, uh, and we talked about fit by that by. Uh, one of the people I mentioned, JJ Bull, um, he, he he sent out a tweet today, which is which came out just after the Basel Liverpool match. Um, he just this is all he says. Well, I definitely got Balotelli wrong. He is wondrously shit. Would Would you like to respond to Mr. JJ Bull? I will give you the open floor. Oh, I mean, it's very easy. Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's so easy, I can't get it out at the moment. Yeah, that's what she <laughs> um, said. The, the easiness comes as in Balotelli can easily shut the guy up if he'll just perform. Um, I've been a proponent for Balotelli thus far. Um, he has done the little things well for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. He's done things you've never seen him before, such as defend. <laughs> yeah, um, it's big. Run. <laughs> Uh, try these are the things that he has done so far what he has not done is actually what we brought him in for which is score and apparently I saw some graphic or some stat somewhere today where it said that he literally had zero touches inside the basil box today oh god that's, I mean, that's the guys the guys as physically freakishly talented as any you know uh, striker in the world he's big Mm-hmm. He's strong. He can hold up play. He's a beast. And somehow he does not touch the ball inside the opposing team's box today. So That, that uh, does seem like a tactical error. Pro tip here. Yes. Uh, let's get Bellatelli the ball, okay? Um, I, I'm, I'm, totally, I'm not at all ready to give up on Bellatelli. Uh, I still think the guy is going to come good for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one big thing is – Sooner or later, you need that breakthrough. You can't just be waiting. That's called Fernando Torres. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long did Chelsea wait for Torres to come good and it just never happened? Andy Carroll. Uh, well, oh god, Andy Carroll. Oh, sorry, yeah. I didn't. That, that was cheap. I'm sorry. Hey, we sold him. That's all that mattered. At least we actually got some money for him. So. <laughs> Even though we lost about half on it, <laughs> we we got fifty cent on the dollar for exactly. That was that was better than we would get now for him. So. True, very um, true. But I still I still think Balotelli will come good. It's just 
if he can just get a couple of goals, a couple of good-looking pretty goals, Balotelli will be fine. We'll, we'll keep a track on him, of course. A very polarizing figure in the Premier League, as always, for Mr. <laughs> Balotelli. Um, let's move over to U.S. MNT news uh, for just a moment here. Uh, some interesting news about a potential call-up to the U.S. MNT roster ahead of next month's friendlies against Ecuador and Honduras. Very excited about that match against Ecuador. Um, Miguel Ibarra, a five foot seven winger who is faster than DeAndre Edlin. That's what I know. That's the, what I base everything on now. Is he faster than DeAndre Edlin? Yes, he's very fast. Um, he is actually of the Minnesota United. Uh, they're currently atop the table in the North American Soccer League. That is, for those of you who are not too much in the know of uh, Major League Soccer pyramid stuff, they would basically be the AAA of uh, Major League Soccer. Uh, he's 24 years old from California. Uh, he's fast. He scores goals. Um, so, Wes, in, in your in your opinion, we know you're not the biggest biggest MNT fan in the world. Um, what what do you think? What do you think this says about Klinsman if he does bring him up for what is just a friendly, but still pretty interesting to do early on in a World Cup cycle? Oh, what it shows is you know he's um, that he's really looking, and it, it's to me it says I don't care what your name is, you know if uh, if I think you can help us, I'm going to go out and get you, and I really I respect a coach who'll do that. You know, we if we've learned anything in England, yeah. it's that um, the big the big names don't always deliver come international time. You know, and uh, you know this kid, he's he's obviously he's young, um, he's exciting. I mean, he could be a future star for the United States. He could be obviously a future MLS star, maybe even a star in Europe. Uh, I mean, I just think they're getting him early, and um, I think he's. Well, I just think Klinsman is. Uh, doing a good job of evaluating and uncovering talent. And I think that's one of the big reasons uh, Klinsman is hopefully going to succeed as coach of the United States men is is his ability to evaluate talent, and hopefully this is a sign of that. Uh, notably, he came out of the University of Cal Irvine. He, he is an anteater. Uh, was drafted in the supplemental... That, Totally not racist. Not at all. Uh, was drafted in the Super Draft, uh, Major League Soccer Super Draft, by the Portland Timbers, um, but they did not sign him to a contract. Uh, Ibarra will be the first uh, player from NASL to play on the national team, or to at least be in the national team camp, since Clyde Sims of the Richmond Kickers in 2005. So a bit of an unconventional signing, but again, if it works, and I mean, if this is... If this is part of the team that Klinsman wants to build, which when you see guys like uh, Julian Green, uh, John Brooks, DeAndre Edlin, um, even guys like Fabian Johnson in the World Cup, it, it, what's one thing you really saw from them was a need to get faster and to and to be more aggressive. And if this speed helps with that, then I'm all for it. You know, I I don't really care where you play. Is is can you help the red, white, and blue? And if you can, come on! I am all for more exciting soccer. I come am all. Come for on, it. you Americans! Americans, love Americans. Come on board, you Americans! Ah, oh, love it. All right, so that is our soccer news for the day. 
Uh, we're now going to jump over to Major League Baseball, um, where we can report that the Pittsburgh Pirates have fallen to the San Francisco Giants 8 nothing at home, which makes San Francisco officially, I guess, the last team in the playoffs. I don't know yes. how we really call it. Um, yeah. Sure. sure. Okay. Whatever works. Yeah. So that means your schedule looks like this today. Uh, it will be starting the division series. Uh, Tigers, Orioles, uh, and Royals, Angels, after Kansas City won a thriller Tuesday night against Oakland. And then on Friday, full slate of games, um, Giants at Nationals, Tigers versus Orioles, Game 2, Cardinals, Dodgers, and Royals, Angels, Game 2. Um, Wes, did you did you see any of the A's-Royals game or the highlights? Um, saw a little bit of it, um, flipping around different things. It was, uh, Tuesday is Sons of Anarchy night. True. Um, and you can't get around that at all. Uh, but yes, I did see some of it. Did not stay up for all of it. Uh, I did. saw the highlights this morning and it was a thrilling matchup. Um, <sighs> of course my pick for Oakland to be in the World Series. Yes. I, I picked Oakland to win the World Series, if I'm not Probably, yeah. Probably did. Most likely did. Um, especially when they picked up uh, future Red Sox pitcher John Lester. Uh, <laughs> He's coming back from loan. Uh, by the way, uh, according to uh, rumors around the Red Sox this week, the two guys who started the uh, wild card game last night, uh, John Lester and James Shields, will be Red Sox next year. Yes! 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 <laughs> Hey, with James Shields, for years he's burned our ass in Tampa. Hey, if you can't beat him, sign him. Exactly. Exactly. It, it worked with Lackey, right? For That's one what? season, yes, it did. For a year, hey, he won a World Series. Exactly. Hey, hey, it was worth it. We got a we got a trophy out of it. It's like I always said about JD Drew. Whatever we paid him, it was worth it for that home run. Yes, that grand slam was glorious. It was worth every penny we ever paid that asshole. Absolutely. And make no mistake, he was an asshole. Um I did actually stay up and watch the entire game. Uh it was it was fantastic. Um, I, there was a lot of criticism over TBS's presentation and announcing of the game that made it feel more like a game on July 18th than the wildcard play-in game. But, you know, that's that's what happens when you put a studio guy in as a play-by-play role. No offense to Ernie Johnson, but, I mean, that's, that's what you get, TBS. Sorry. Um, fascinating game, though. Um, Ned Yost flying in the face of all that is good and holy with sabermetrics and bunting and stealing bases and doing all sorts of things that will surely have them lose in three games to the Angels, but provided us with thrilling baseball in a one-game format against the Angels. Well, wait a minute now. We get, uh, we get best of seven now in the, in the DS. No, we don't. I thought we did. No, we do not. Have they gone back to five? We never went to seven. I thought they went to seven. I don't believe so. I totally pay attention to everything. Don't you know this? Oh yeah, that's yeah. Let me. I'm just gonna make sure. But I'm yeah okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Of course, yeah. I'm not just trying to make it yeah. up. No, no, it's fine. No, no, that was uh, yeah, that was never. Okay. Well, good times. Good addition to the show. We can edit that out, right? <laughs> yeah. No. Um. But yeah, so now let's make some predictions going forward uh, in this best of five series. 
Uh, again, we have Detroit at Oakland, KC at LA, that is of Anaheim, uh, Giants at Nationals, Cardinals at Dodgers. Wes, who are you looking to come out of each of these rounds victorious? Anaheim uh, is kind of an obvious pick. Um, I, I love what Kansas City's done this year, but um, picking Anaheim, I, I like the Angels. I think the Angels are going to be fine. Um, Mike Trout, did you know? Have I ever told you that he had signed with East Carolina? No, I never knew this. Oh, well, you ever watch Brickleberry? No. Okay. Well, what, what channel is that on? What channel is that on? Comedy Central. I'm teaching you a lot now, Ed. Uh, Thank you. I teach you about division series length. You teach me about television shows and Mike Trout. There you go. The more you know. Um, I'm and I'm really excited to see uh, the Eastern champion uh, Orioles of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna knock Detroit off. Um, the Baltimoreans will be happy for a season. Until next year, the Red Sox dethrone them, take back the crown, and the Yankees inevitably get better, and Baltimore finishes fourth next year um, because we will buy their best players. But anyway. <laughs> Adam Jones would look great in Boston, right? Oh, Adam Jones would be amazing in Boston to go with Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, now, I'm, uh, now I'm just roster baiting. $200 million payroll. Don't care anymore. Just got to get it back. Yeah. Hey, remember what happened last time, Ed? It's a process. You get the two hundred million dollar payroll. Yep. You trade them to the Dodgers. Yes. The World Series. Exactly. It's 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 what we got to do. Have to do. We just have to get them traded to L.A. and we'll be fine. Yep. Um, I, I love to see Baltimore coming out of that. I'm I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited about Baltimore. Um. Uh, crap. Give me my give me my National League series again. Uh, Giants at Nats. Cardinals at Dodgers. Okay. I'm sorry. I just totally. Blanked on it. Um, I think you're going to get the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, Kershaw, uh, while while we have totally established he's not 99, 2000 Pedro, he is as good as it gets right now. Uh, Grinky, uh, the, the, the bats they've got, that's a really good team. And I think this is the year they finally come good uh, in the National League. And uh, then I'm – oh, I hate it because I'd love to see the Nationals get out. But I just uh, – I think the Giants have a little bit going for them right now. Mm-hmm. I think they've got some of that magic. I think the Giants are going to win it in five, ah. which will set up an Armageddon, uh, a National League Armageddon in oh, LCS. God. Oh, it would be beautiful. I mean, because remember, we, we have had two Red Sox – or excuse – yes, no, three. We've had three Red Sox-Yankees ALCSs. Mm-hmm. Um, and – the first one, well, the first one's a little forgettable. The second one was Armageddon, and the third one was, you know, the return of our Lord. <laughs> the, 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 the year everything went right with the world. What they called, uh, what was the name of that 30 for 30? Uh, Four Nights in October or something? Yes. I remember what I called it. Um, you know, to get a Dodgers giant series, if you're a baseball person, it it doesn't get much better than that because it's it's like Yankees Red Sox, just without the ESPN um, slobber on its nuts. Oh yes, 
Oh, yes. <laughs> They're just not as much, I guess we'll say. Uh, uh, just because everyone who works at ESPN is not a uh, uh, um, either a Dodger or Giant fan, like they are with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Um, now, ma'am, I throw out a an NLDS related story that I found quite interesting and quite humorous today. Go for it. Um, of course, uh, Nationals tickets sold out in 17 minutes for Game One. Awesome, you know. Hey, they're making their uh, playoff debut. Yeah, that's awesome. They're not really making their playoff debut. Well, go ahead. They no, they were there two years ago when the whole George, though when there was the whole Steven Strasburg shutting down issue thingy, and they lost in five games to the Cardinals. Were the Red Sox in the playoffs that year? No, that was the year. That was the Bobby Valentine year. Oh well, obviously, then I didn't give a shit about baseball that year. Ed, come on, get with it. <laughs> Give the program, son. I didn't care. Of course. Um, and if I, anyway. If I don't care, it doesn't really happen. Anyway, um, a Nationals fan has, uh, on, on the secondary sites, of course, the prices are going pretty well. Uh, uh, there was a Nationals fan who has posted on some site that he is willing. He has two tickets for the uh, President's Club, which apparently are about two twenty-five face value apiece. All you can drink, all you can eat. Just a fantastic deal right behind home plate. Um, and in, in lieu of cash, Ed, all he wants is a threesome. What what does anyone want? Besides got, that? And, and, of course, got to be two girls. No, no devil's threesome here. Um, but he is willing because, in his words, um, he doesn't – he can't uh, he go to the game. He doesn't need the money. Um, so he just wants to have an experience and luckily for all the girls out there, he is a not creepy and B 24 and athletic. So why would you not try to get some random salutes to sleep with you, uh, by giving them baseball tickets? God bless America, I suppose. (sighs) Wow. Anyway, um, that is, that is a wonderful tangent story. Um, don't forget he's not creepy. No, no, it's, this isn't creepy at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, my picks, I'm going to go with Baltimore as well, and I'm going to go with the Angels. Uh, I'm going to go with the Nationals in the NL, and I'm also going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, this is also a, a rematch of last year's um, NLCS, actually, um, the Cardinals versus Dodgers. And I think Cardinals, for some reason, they just have a horseshoe up their ass in October. And I, I think it's going to continue here. Wainwright Kershaw game one is going to be fantastic. Um, it's gonna, that's going to get you a little, a uh, little, little half wood down there. If you're a pitching fan. Oh, certainly. Um, one thing I will say, just looking at the uh, schedule um, tomorrow, Thursday or today, whenever you're listening to this podcast, um, Tigers Orioles get started at five 30. They got to come immediately back on Friday and they have a noon start. So Major League Baseball, quick question. Um, what the hell are you thinking? Well, that, they feel that's the series no one's going to watch. I, There's always one. There's always one. But why not? Why not? But you have you have a t- the Giants have the day off. Their Giants Nationals is a three o'clock game. Why don't you move that one to twelve? Since you know they don't play on Thursday. And um. Wild idea here I'm going to throw out to you. Go ahead. Professional sports leagues care about one thing in the world, and it's called money. 
and they don't really give a shit about screwing over a team if it makes them more money. And somehow they've determined they're going to make more money uh, off of anything else other than the Orioles and the Tigers uh, because they're two, at this point, they're two smaller markets. And they're just going to be like, well, you know, we've got two LA teams. We've got DC and we've got San Francisco. Um, we don't give a shit about these other ones. All right. All right. Um, fuck you, Major League Baseball. That's fun. In the, in the words of the immortal uh, P. Diddy, when he was known as Puff Daddy, mm-hmm. it's all about the Benjamins, baby. Mm-hmm. What? It's all about the Pentiums. Oh, let's jump over to college football now before we get any matter about this. Um, oh, good. A, a sport that doesn't care about money at all, right? Not at all. Why, why would we ever pay these people? Um, Todd Gurley is God. Um, he is amazing. He has currently over 600 yards rushing in just 69 attempts this year. Um, he's you pretty good. Damn ball, Bobo, you idiot. <laughs> You're still mad about that, aren't you? I am mad about that. That's ah, fine. He went over 200 yards rushing against Tennessee in a big 35-32 win. And this week, he has the Commodores of Vanderbilt coming in to Athens. Thank you, um, I, I'm just curious if he can get back up to 200 yards in the first half he'll be playing. Well, Anchors Down is... Uh, isn't it Anchors Down? Am I right on that? Uh, for Vanderbilt? Yeah. I believe so, yes. That well, and that's actually the motto of the defense because they all look like they are anchored to the ground mm-hmm. um, because they're slow and they suck. Yep. Uh, Todd Gurley could conceivably run for 400 yards in this game. He won't, most likely. If he does, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, I, could see him, I could see him being back in the high 100s um, maybe even breaking 200. But of course, what what got him to break 200 in the Tennessee game was the fact that that uh, that uh, excellent top flight Georgia defense, which is god awful, uh, kept Tennessee in the game the entire yes. time. Yes, yes. Tennessee's offense did not keep them in the game. Georgia's defense did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Georgia's defense is a special kind of suck. Uh, they've got it, um, but. I just don't believe that they're, despite their best efforts, I don't think they're going to be able to keep Vanderbilt in this ballgame. Yeah. Also, um, I know this is insider, but um, whoever gave um, Todd Gurley a four in durability um, and a three in agility acceleration, this is on a one to five scale with five being worst and one being best. Um, I hate you. Ooh. I, I, I don't I don't know what else you want him to do, especially in the agility acceleration department. Yeah, that one doesn't make any sense. The durability eh, coming into this season, he has had injury problems. I can understand where the durability came from. The agility acceleration, I mean the guy's a freaking world class hurdler. Let's here's here's what here's what he read, the 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 explanation. Uh, build speed as he goes and displays a clear second gear and open field. Has very good top end speed for size. Takes too long to gather before redirecting and does not show ideal initial acceleration when planting and cutting. But in short area, when he hasn't reached high gear, he is light on feet and can quickly make multiple cuts to get through smaller crease. That sounds like average to me. That's, that's definitely average ability. Well, that's why he's a three out of five. So. 
Um, uh, uh, who is this? Who did this? I, I, I don't know. This is, this is what just man did the, this to you. <laughs> this is, this is just the draft profile on, on his player card on ESPN.com, which is locked oh, behind the insider table. Oh, don't worry. It's either McShay or, uh, Mel Kuyper. Yeah. Well, McShay, that's what the weird thing is. McShay bumped him up to eight this year, this week. Well, so I, for him being a hater then. well, I mean, you know. That's the thing. Those guys, I, I will say this about them, even though uh, McShay, I don't mind McShay so much. Kuiper's just, Kuiper's Kuiper at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys see little things that we don't look at. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that. You know, they, they see, they, they watch so much tape. I mean, you know, we watch Todd do it in a game and then we watch the replay and then we don't watch it again. Yes. You know, they're breaking down every play the guy runs. I'll give him a little credit on that. Uh, I think he's a little more agile. I think he accelerates well. Uh, Durability, once again, like I told you, I can see where that came from uh, just because he has had injury problems uh, in the past for Georgia. But I will say this, though. The man, the man has redeemed himself. In the intangibles department, he gets a one. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. He's, well, he's, and let, let me let me just read you what, what was written here. Uh, coaches praise his personal and football character, has developed into a leader, no off-the-field incidents to our knowledge, ran an 8.2-second 60-meter hurdle, hurdle for Bulldogs, which was seventh fastest in school history, also ran track for Team USA in Europe during spring and summer of 2011, pre-business major. No, uh, no parks and rec major for, for Todd Gurley. And let's throw this in there as well. Um, as he's running those hurdles, mm-hmm. this is the guy who's 6'2", 230 yeah. pounds. Yep. You know, most hurdlers are built more, you know, the height's one thing. The 6'2", they like that. Most hurdlers are about 195, 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, 205, 210 maybe. This guy's 230 pounds. Yep. He's- and he does it and he gets beat up on a football field. He is a beast, and he is beautiful. He's, he he's special. I'll tell you, you know, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people, especially around the SEC, who are saying he is. Yeah, I saw one poll on, a, I believe it was Saturday down south, and they said, um, "Is Todd Gurley the best Georgia Bulldog ever?" Not named Herschel Walker. Maybe. And maybe really might be. Yeah, maybe he's special, man. Well, it's going to be a special weekend of college football. Six games on Saturday featuring ranked-on-ranked action. Um, we have Stanford at Notre Dame. Alabama. getting girl-on-girl porn. It's so good. Yes. Alabama at Ole Miss. Oklahoma, TCU, although that Notre Dame girl might be a little fugly, but whatever. Uh, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Nebraska, Michigan State in what is basically a uh, play-in game for the Big Ten at this point. Um, Which one game or two games are you most excited about, Wes? Um, Number one, I believe, is Alabama Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. Um, Whew. Oh, of course, it's always the SEC games. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, really, it's the SEC games. I plan on trying to watch all three of them. Um, Auburn LSU could be awesome. 
Uh, I'm I'm ready to see Leonard Fournette explode upon the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe you got my picks for this week, and I picked an upset in Mississippi State knocking off Texas A&M. Certainly, although I don't know how much that of an upset that really is at this point. I mean, they're both undefeated, uh, both ranked in the top twelve. In fact, the line is actually Mississippi State minus three. But just remember, Mississippi State does not have a quarterback who has a really sweet nickname like Kenny Trill or Johnny Football. That's true. All they have is a guy named Dak. I like Dak. I like that. Dak Prescott, he's great. Oh, I'm I'm very excited for Stanford Notre Dame, obviously. Um, But, man, I I am really looking forward to LSU-Auburn. This is... You know, you would think a two-loss team still has a chance to make maybe the SEC championship, maybe even a title game. Um, but man, LSU really needs to win this game. Uh, and Auburn, Auburn's a, my, a touchdown and two-point conversion favorite right now at home. I, I think this matchup could be fantastic. Hopefully LSU maybe woke up after losing to Mississippi State last week at home. I, I think this could be something special. Well, what's about to get really scary over the next couple months is just about every week in the SEC West, yeah. you're going to get a ranked versus ranked game. Yeah. <laughs> because of how good everybody is. The scary thing is going to be is, you know, if you take a look at it, one or two of these teams that are ranked right now are not going to be ranked by the end of the season just because they've had to go through this brutal-ass SEC West. Yeah, and that's that's and, that's kind of a shame, yeah. I mean, it's not even at this point. It's not even all the SEC. No, at this point, it's just the SEC West. Yeah, because the SEC East is well. They're they're kind of like the um, sketchy roommate of the SEC West right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know they come home and you know it's like you come home and you you smell pot and they're like uh, no, no it wasn't me I don't know what you're talking about but they'll totally buy you a pizza. Yeah, they'll be. Um, I've got a. I've got an extra large pizza coming. Uh, you, you want a slice? Sure. So, uh, of course, yeah. Georgia's still in control of their own destiny in the East, which would be great to see them if they if they run the table the rest of the way. They will be your Eastern Division champs now that South Carolina has a second loss on Good. their docket. So, thanks, Missouri. Still we'll hopefully be. Well, and for Georgia, they do have a trip to Missouri coming up. So yes. that's going to be the big one. Every every week for them is big in the SEC. And really, folks, looking at it, right now I believe Missouri and Auburn, the only ranked teams remaining on the Bulldogs' schedule. I believe you're right because Florida's certainly not. Um, I don't think anybody else South is. Carolina, well, South Carolina, of course, is out now. Um and the rest of the SEC East consists of teams like Vanderbilt and Kentucky. So, yeah. piss Yay. on them. Oh, and I believe they, they might play Arkansas. I believe they play Arkansas. But I don't believe Arkansas is ranked, though. But they are an SEC West team. So Are they are they ranked? I, I didn't think they fell out after last week. After the, you know they lost that um, overtime to a and I don't know if they fell out, actually. I Let me quickly look it up here. I, I didn't, I didn't see them as a ranked team. Maybe that was just because they're not playing this week. I don't. I don't remember seeing them on this the schedule. Um, they're, well, if they're not in. They're probably like twenty six or something. Right. Rankings. Um, Arkansas. Arkansas. Um, they are. Oh, they're they're middling in the others receiving votes poll right now. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So that's where they are right now. Um, 
Wow, don't understand that, but okay. Um, somehow, Duke and North Carolina are getting the same number of votes in the USA Today poll. Oh, they're shit and shit here. So. All right, moving on. Let's let's hit the NFL really quick because God, do I love making fun of the NFL. Um, we have two a pair of stories. Uh, one in both these we can do kind of quick. Both I, I I think this first one just exposes how far the NFL and to an extent ESPN have fallen in recent times. Uh, it was reported in Esquire that uh, well, the article the, it's turned out the the sentencing was misleading, but no, it wasn't misleading. It implied pretty clearly what was happening uh, that Monday Night Football would be featuring a basically a roundtable on domestic violence with eleven men and zero women, all older men. And, and we know who some of these men are. Uh, they are your typical ESPN football people. Um, apparently, and this is the point that ESPN and the NFL have gotten to, nobody until ESPN actually put out a press release about 24 hours later decrying this, did anybody say, yeah, this doesn't seem right, Esquire. Something about this seems wrong. It's like, nope. I totally believe this. And I am getting very irate about it. Like, it's... It, what does this tell you, Wes? What what does this story? And obviously, it has been it has been denied. It did not happen Monday night. Um, what what does this tell you about ESPN, the NFL, and just whatever else? That um, in an age where everyone worries about everything they do being so politically correct, mm-hmm. and that includes the NFL and ESPN, by the way, who I believe go totally overboard to be politically correct. Sometimes people just don't think before they decide to do stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, we couldn't have dropped in. I mean, you're ESPN. We couldn't have dropped in Linda Cohn, Hannah Storm, maybe Sage Steele, and um, oh, who's my girl, Jamel Hill. Let's just drop them in and kind of get those numbers a little more even out. Yeah. And they're all highly respected journalists. Yeah. And they're women. And that's that's what you would have thought. That's what you would have thought. And apparently, that's that's not what happened. But I mean, this is the, I mean, this is at the point now where we would totally believe it if it did. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. It's like there's no not believing that it would have happened if someone hadn't made a stink about it. You know, because ESP, in ESPN's eyes, they do no wrong. Right. I mean, the only way they could truly do no wrong is if they, you know, took a chance on an up-and-coming podcast called um, the All-New Sports Show, the podcast. Please. You have off. a soccer void. You have a soccer void. <laughs> you have a soccer void. And, I mean, we know about as much as your average ESPN analyst about it. So, yeah. you know, you might as well give us a show. And We're coming for you, Alberto Moreno. But until... Until the day comes where I'm receiving a paycheck with ESPN at the top, I'm going to tell you what I really think about them at this point. And folks, what you must understand about me, I was like the last holdout among my my crew, this includes Ed, that mm-hmm. said, no, nah, man, ESPN's really good stuff. I love ESPN. Mm-hmm. I'm not anymore. That you, You've lost me. You've yeah. lost me. Too much LeBron, too much Johnny Football. Um, and, and now, now that I stand back and look at it objectively, yeah, this is ridiculous. And I totally believe that ESPN was planning to do that. 
Ah, well, that's depressing, and I I totally agree with you. I, I am so off the ESPN bandwagon; it's not even funny. That's um, it. I'm to ESPN as we speak. So, speaking of something else that happened on ESPN Monday Night Football, um, a, a bit of a an uproar this Monday night. Not just the dismantling of the New England Patriots by the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's call them the Chiefs. Um, as safety Hussein Abdullah. After returning a Tom Brady pick six into the end zone, slides to his knees in pure soccer adulation, then prayed to Mecca as he is Muslim, he was flagged for this celebration. Now, the ruling is you can be flagged for going to your knees or going to the ground in celebration unless you're praying, which obviously he was doing. So. At least the NFL, for the first time in maybe the last nine months, did the right thing and released a statement saying that he shouldn't have been flagged. Um, what, what do you think, Wes? Is this is this a case of us being too... You talked about being politically correct. Is that too much here, too? Or is this a different situation? And is this also a residual effect of the NFL basically trying to take all the fun out of celebrations to begin with? Well, I do hate the NFL for that. Um, they have taken the fun out of it. You know, no one will ever have as much fun as the uh, 1980s Miami Hurricanes. Mm. But other than that, you know, this one hit me wrong just because, I mean, two words, Tim Tebow. Yeah. You know, Tebow would drop to his knee and pray. and He did it during the playoff game against okay. the Steelers. And that's fine. That's yeah. great. That's grand. You know, there's never been a problem with a guy kneeling down to pray. And while, and it, I will say it here for everyone to hear. I am not a Muslim. You're I am a, uh, shockingly. I am a Christian. I am a Christian. I'm not a Muslim. Um, I have no problem with this. You know, the guy bowed down to pray in his manner in the way he does it. He prayed. You got what happened. I'm quite sure you got an official who, didn't probably was sitting there like, what's he doing? I don't understand what he's doing, but he's drawing attention to himself. We're going to throw a flag. Um, I highly believe this week that, uh, there have been tapes sent out. Every official is now, um, has now been educated. Hey, this is praying. Yeah. Don't throw a flag. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I'm sure that there is not, I, I not, yeah, yeah not to group them together, but I'm sure that there is a, a, a some a, some list now of Muslim players and players of that faith in the NFL. So when an sure. official goes to work one of their games, they're saying, okay, if that guy goes to the ground on, on, on both knees and puts his forehead on the ground in prostration, don't throw the flag. <laughs> don't do it. Well, and here's the deal. I, I think... I think a lot more is being made out of this than actually should have been made out of it. Um, but it, it is actually an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now here's here's the fun part. Mm, here's I the fun it. part coming up. Okay, so you can now you can kneel and pray, mm-hmm. or uh, you know you can uh, do a Muslim prayer if need be. Um, I'm just waiting for the smart ass who decides he wants to pray to a being a different being of all kind and does something completely retarded and is then flagged for it and says, you're encroaching on my religious freedoms. No, get to the, uh, do the Buddha pose. Get in the, uh, the like the pretzel legs exactly. and, and the hands I'm, out to the side. You're done. I, I'm totally waiting. Or for, uh, or for um, someone, who was the Hindu god with all the arms? Vishnu. 
This new, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for a uh, choreographed celebration where one goes down, holds his arm out, and then three teammates stand behind him with their arms in different places. Oh, this is so wrong, but it's so right. I'm totally waiting for all of this to happen. Um, and it, once again, this is where the PC part will come out and piss me off yeah. because they're going to make this so so got to be politically uh, correct. But it is going to be pretty damn funny. Yeah, it's. Uh... God bless the NFL. It's like like the funny Germans in the World Cup. This is America's new favorite comedy routine, the National Football League. All right, Wes, uh, speaking of comedy and writing and scripts, uh, let's get so raw this week. Uh, get get me a hit of Dean Ambrosia. Mm, just give me a moment. I was, uh, um, spray a little talcum powder down in the down in the giblet areas. Mm. Okay. Didn't want to get too raw while getting so raw. Okay, Ed, where do I begin? Oh, I begin with Dean Ambrose, who once again proves himself to be the current god of wrestling uh, just by doing what he does, which uh, last week involved him stealing Seth Rollins' Money in the Bank briefcase, mm-hmm. uh, basically uh, taunting Rollins with it on Monday night. And then eventually, Ed, he did the right thing, and he just he gave it back to Seth Rollins. Hmm. Um, now, when Seth Rollins eventually opened it in the uh, opened the briefcase in the ring, uh, something green exploded into his face. What hilarity ensued? <laughs> and um, Dean Ambrose, Ed, I will have to show you these pictures on Friday night. Dean Ambrose then went on to have some of the greatest facial expressions you'll ever see on television. Just because that, that is the true, I'm going to tell you now, that is the true hallmark of the brilliance of Dean Ambrose is just, it, it's, it's his face. You can read his face. So many expressions. He's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. I'm, I'm going to have to actually introduce you to what Dean Ambrose is. Ed. Oh, um, you know, so raw, it, it kicked in and by the end of the night, uh, you know, we had Cena. Well, of course, because you know John Cena. Whenever, whenever someone else is getting a big, uh, you know, is getting big things done for him, John Cena has to worm his way into that storyline. So now uh, John Cena's mad at Seth Rollins, and um, we ended up with a tag team match: uh, Cena and Ambrose versus Rollins. And no, it was not Rollins. It was uh, Kane and Randy Orton, blah, 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 blah. Rollins comes in, interferes at the end of the match, and um, Raw ends with the beatdown of Dean Ambrose in the ring, which Ambrose is so amazing at selling that it it's almost as good as him winning at the end of the night, just mm. watching him get torn to shreds. <laughs> All this is leading to uh, what hopefully will be an epic Hell in a Cell match at the next pay-per-view. Unfortunately, once again, as has become the theme, I think John Cena is going to ruin this for everyone. Boo! Because everyone wants to, all anyone wants to see is Rollins and Ambrose in the cell. And, um, but John, John Cena is just not going to let it happen. I, I believe we may be on our way to a fatal four way match, which will not involve the cell, mm. uh, which will totally suck. And John Cena is basically going to ruin everyone's night, as he is apt to do. But hey, kids, he sells a lot of merch. And that's all that matters, apparently, is he sells T-shirts. 
So anyway, that's that's how Raw. There are there are other storylines, but right now, if you're not Dean Ambrose or Seth Rollins, they don't really matter. Roman Reigns, of course, uh, your favorite human being who's ever lived, mm-hmm. uh, out with the injury right now, uh, recovering from the hernia surgery. Uh, speedy recovery, Roman. We know you're a big fan of the pod. Um, you know, so we have no Reigns update this week. There wasn't a lot of Triple H. There wasn't a, never enough Triple H for me out there. No. Um, I'm just a few things I believe. I believe we are on our way to a Randy Orton face turn. I believe he's going to turn on the corporation soon. Ooh, fun. Uh, which would be fun. That would be fun. And uh, still hearing Daniel Bryan may be on track for a uh, Survivor Series return in November, which would actually be really good for the sport because they need a boost from a uh, – they, they, they need as many top guys back as they can get at the moment. And Daniel Bryan coming back would offer a boost to the company. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. That sounds like a lot of fun. Any Anything coming up? When's our next uh, pay-per-view? Oh, I cannot tell you the exact date. Don't worry. We'll film early that day as always. Of course. Um, <laughs> oh, I just I know it's in October. I haven't paid enough attention to know yet. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Oh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Uh, and if you can't wait, uh, I'm sure you'll be posting it on your Twitter when it's coming out. Uh, what is your Twitter, Wes Bradshaw? At Wes Bradshaw 2-1. I am at Edward Green as a show. We are at All New Sport Show. Uh, of course, you can also find our postings on Facebook, facebook.com slash Show. Uh, usually two posts a day on there, Monday through Friday, occasionally some on weekends as well. Uh, you can check out all our videos for the show itself on youtube.com slash Show. Um, Instagram.com slash all new sports show. Of course, the email and the mailing address are in the podcast description as well. Uh, you can also, of course, find this podcast on podbean.com. Thanks to them for uh, keeping us on there. Also, thanks for Stitcher Radio for hosting the pod, as well as iTunes. And of course, if you go on to Facebook.com, you can find links for all that, as well as an RSS feed if you want to use your player of choice. Um, We will be back next week with another great episode, episode 23 of the pod. Uh, We will, of course, have uh, international break to discuss. Uh, Premier League action underway this weekend will be amazing. And uh, we will be bringing it all to you and and as well as an updated look at your Major League Baseball playoffs. And, of course, a big, big college football weekend to break down in full. Hopefully, Georgia putting up 70 on Vanderbilt. Um, Wes, that is going to do it, though, for us today. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here? Well, like I said, uh, everyone keep me in your thoughts and prayers. I have to take two trips to Southern Nash in the next uh, less than a week. Oh, I do want to mention, uh, we should give a special shout-out. Producer Des, again, did a great job putting us over on social media today, Wednesday, right. um, shouting out our hashtag for the game. You and I will be doing this Saturday, Wes Bradshaw. Uh, we will be doing Wesleyan football. Uh, so if you want to get in on the convo for that, send us a hashtag on Saturday starting at 1 o'clock with the your question or comment, and make sure you use hashtag all new bishops. And we will we will talk about it on air. That's right. Uh, really excited about that. And I personally, as the play-by-play guy, am just really excited to actually know at the beginning of the game that it's on live. Yeah. It only took me to the third game of the year to know we were on live. Uh, second and a half. 
second half. Yeah, two and a half. But I mean, for a full game. And yes, Ed, as you say, you read the PSA saying it. Ed, when I read a PSA, I'm not paying attention to what the PSA actually means. No, no, I'm no. Just no, looking no. to make sure my words are right. No, no, no. We don't. We wouldn't want a Ron Burgundy situation with you. How dare you ask me to actually uh, decipher what I'm reading? I apologize, good sir. I should have not expected that much from you. Exactly. But expect more next week on episode 23 of the All New Sports Show, the podcast. But for right now, this has been episode 22 for producer Des. That was Wes Bradshaw. I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Only in America. Oh, only in America. Is it, that's not a song, is it? That's, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Only in America. Oh, you learn something new every day. Oh, Warpig. Yeah. All right.